everybody. Welcome to the City Girls Pod. And this is the show where we're looking at sex in the city and back episodes. We're having a lot of fun. And uh, today we are really excited because we are not only covering three pretty fun episodes, but we have a special guest with us today. Last week, we talked about the blog, <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw is the worst.com, <laughs> which we thought was hilarious and we enjoyed it very much. Uh, but today we have the, uh, the creator of said blog with us. We have Riva Lucia here. And I'm so excited to, to get to hear her perspective on these episodes and more why Carrie Bradshaw is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, thank you again for having me. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. And uh, I'm Phil Kudrich Wagner and Jax is here. Yes, this is so cool. Having a podcast is great because interesting people that you want to talk to, you can just invite them on and then you actually get to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is a lot of fun. And we do have to give our normal warning. This is a mature podcast, a uh, mature show, especially these three episodes are pretty Yes. Funny. So if that's not for you, we've got tons of content on this podcast that you can listen to and enjoy. So, <laughs> uh, but we, we want to get to know you a little bit better, Reva. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and also how you uh, became a Sex and the City fan or not a fan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, give us info. <laughs> so I, um, I live in Orange County, California. Um, I've lived here for almost nine years. I'm originally from the East Coast. Um, I work, my day job is in advertising and I have been married to my wonderful husband for almost four years. I started watching Sex and the City when it was in syndication because uh, when it first started, I probably wasn't even allowed to watch it. But um yeah, when I lived in Chicago, my friends and I would watch it and we were like, wow, Carrie's really selfish. So we would just, when we wanted to talk about ourselves, we'd be like, hey, can I be Carrie for a minute and talk about my problem? And um, that was just our thing. And then it was about a little over three years ago. I was just watching, I don't even remember which episode, but I was like, you know, she's terrible. I'm going to start a website and just talk about how terrible she is. Um, I like the show overall. I really do. I just, she's just a fundamentally terrible person. So I thought it would be fun to write about. Well, and I saw that you didn't really get through and just like that. So did you feel like that didn't make her an any better person? You know, I didn't. I actually, um, I still have two episodes left of the original series and I am going to finish and just like that. It's just, I feel like it's worse than I ever could have imagined. So it just might take <laughs> me a little bit longer. And yeah. it's, it's not just Carrie. I found she's actually had some better moments in this series than the original, but like kind of the character assassination they did of Miranda I'm not a fan of and yeah. the alcoholism that came out of nowhere and just some of the some of the awkwardness there and um so well, I, and then I, and then was solved out of nowhere too yeah exactly yeah she's like I guess I'm just gonna sip water now and it just yeah it was not my favorite for, I watched I mean I've watched the whole thing I've only written about I think the first two or three and I will get to the rest and then people have asked me to do the movies which I will do when I can figure out how I want to structure it but um definitely gonna definitely gonna finish in just like that I'm just not sure on the timing yeah I definitely feel like Carrie got a little bit of redemption in and just like that and like Miranda's the worst in and just yeah. like that we had the odd the odd situation of starting with and just like that as far as our recaps and then deciding to do 
Sex in the City because I when I first uh, suggested that I did Jacks, I was like, I don't know if people, you know, Hallmarkies podcast will, you know, will be interested in this. But then it did really well, and uh, so we decided to keep going. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. they want some racy content too. We're all yeah, for the oh, yeah. P and PG rated content, but you know, a little PG 13 and sometimes R. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> Especially in, well, that one scene with, uh, and, and just like that with Miranda and Che in the kitchen. Oh, that-, that was so frustrating, that scene. <laughs> it really was. It really, really was. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, but also just Carrie, poor Carrie has to go to the bathroom and she can't. Yeah. Like, what a horrible friend. Um, yeah. Well, there's a blog dedicated to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that you can still appreciate the show, even if you think that Carrie is the worst. I, I mean, as our official Carrie of the, of the podcast, <laughs> Jack, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I, hope and pray that I'm not as selfish as Carrie or as annoying I'm okay if I'm as annoying I guess but like I don't want to be as selfish as she is a lot of the time but yeah I mean I think it's fair I I think that is so much of, I mean we have this in a lot of rom-coms too it's like whoever the the central character is it's very much about their problems and their unloading and all these things but Carrie does bring a lot of toxicity into her romantic relationships. I actually think she's a pretty decent friend, even though she's constantly talking about herself. But I think that really the romantic relationships is where we see some really bad yeah. behavior. Well, and I, it is true that typically the lead, the lead protagonist in almost any, uh, in almost anything is usually the, the one that everyone's the hardest on. <laughs> Yes. you know it's way easier to like the Han Solos and the you know the Hermione's and that you know sort of these the side characters that come in and come out and and uh, and make everything fun uh it's harder a lot of times to like the the lead uh character but what she- I will say is Sarah Jessica Parker I think you know even when Carrie is peak annoying and so infuriating that you just want to scream at your television screen I think she does an amazing job like that's why the show is so iconic I mean all the women that are in the show really do yeah she does an amazing job and um also watching the the first episode we're going to talk about when she's on the beach I was like I never had abs like that that's not fair like you know and she also like looks good in everything she wears and yeah it's so she and she does like she does have redeeming moments in fact in um in the first episode we're going to talk about like almost right off the bat when she's trying to comfort Charlotte. I think she does a really good job there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that she's a flawed character, but I like flawed characters because that makes them more human. And exactly. so, yeah. uh, but let's talk about the first episode that we're going to cover. So it's, was it good for you? And this is, uh, this is episode 16 and basically <laughs> Charlotte goes into crisis mode because her partner falls asleep uh, mid-coitus and she freaks out and I don't know I mean I feel like she major overreacts to this because he was he's a doctor and doctors are super tired all the time and 
but uh, but she is very upset <laughs> and uh i did think it was a great line when she's talking to carrie she says anyone f- ever fallen asleep while making love to you and carrie says no but i'm sure some of them wanted to <laughs> yes yeah. that was exactly the line i was thinking of it was such a great line <laughs> it was really funny <laughs> yeah uh, and and samantha says who we are in bed is who we are in life i've never met a man bad in bed who was good in life uh, so <laughs> yeah and then of course poor samantha i mean at least charlotte's not there to be assassinated by samantha but she's like have you seen her on a treadmill of course it's her oh i know she says she doesn't do any movement from the waist down i was like oh i can see charlotte on the treadmill like working it out but nothing's happening downstairs <laughs> in this episode so she has this crisis and she gets right on it she's like okay what do i have to do what class do i have to take what's going on and again she's like that was the best 50 bucks i ever spent (laughs) (laughs) and she signed them all up with her she doesn't just kind of whine and complain about things she gets it done she figures out a solution and she and i like that about her yeah yeah she really does get it done like yeah. literally figuratively she gets it all it all happens for her and for her man yeah yes yeah. And we never see him again he was a, i already forgot his name even though i watched this episode yesterday because he never comes back Graham walker okay Graham walker's name <laughs> and really i mean i just feel like he's a doctor doctors are super tired he uh she shouldn't be so upset but yeah but I feel like Charlotte is very, um, at least in the beginning of the original series, she really ties her self-worth to her relationships. You know, is she in a relationship? Who is it with? Is he, as Carrie would say of the Hamptons guy, is he good on paper? Like she's very tied up in finding that perfect man. So I think that it's just her personality to overreact to a situation like that. True. True. So Samantha is invited to be in a threesome with this with a gay couple that is her friends and uh evidently neither of them has experienced a woman and so they want to do this she's a bit hesitant uh i don't know i mean surprisingly she's a little bit hesitant for her i would think that she i mean didn't we have we had the whole episode on threesomes and she seemed totally into it then right yeah Yeah. I wonder if with David and David, she's just a little bit like, okay, they are gay. How is this going to go for me? Like, I do think she had an inkling of where it could go, but they are very attractive and they're very good friends. So I think she's like, well, why not? I mean, maybe that's harder to do something like that with, I mean, we talked about on that episode that like, would it be harder to do it with friends or with strangers the both i mean i obviously i can do any of this but uh but uh, okay charlotte <laughs> but, yeah but uh, um I, I don't know <laughs> what do you think reva i think and i'm not speaking from experience but i think strangers would be easier so if it goes horribly wrong you never have to see them again yeah that's true whereas if it's three friends and it goes horribly wrong there's going to be some emotional repercussions so I I would say strangers probably but I I think I would be hesitant as well because it's like yeah how would that work for you know how would that work for me how would that work for her 
Um, yeah. I don't know. And as we, as we find out, it doesn't. So it doesn't sound like a good time to me, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, David and David, they, they wimp out in the end. Yeah. yeah. They want to get, what do they want to get? Ice cream or something? They're like, yeah. gelato. Yeah. Go get gelato. Which I thought was really sweet. And also yeah. like, I thought it was very telling that like they're kissing her neck, they're they're touching her boobs, they're into it. And then when they go downtown, there's an issue. It reminded me of, and it didn't get this far, but it reminded me of the summer that I worked, Summer Stop College Night Opera Company. And this man, I'm not, actually I'm not gonna say his name in case he's listening, but he was gay, but we were just like laying in my bunk bed together one night and we were making out and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I, I was not very um, experienced at the time, but like then like once things started getting a little like hot and heavy, he was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Aww. But he was, oh my gosh, guys. He was the hottest. I'm like, I'm getting red thinking about him. He was the hottest guy at College Light Opera Company. And he's happily married to a man now. So I wish Aww. them nothing but the best. Aww, that's great. There you go. You did a good thing. Good kisser though. Good kisser. <laughs> so we find out that Miranda is up in her sheets game. The, the, the oh, quarantine yes. peach, <laughs> which I, they looked like nice sheets, but I, I I would pick How a different much do color. You think they cost because Carrie's like you would spend this amount of money on sheets. Oh, sheets can be really expensive. Yeah, uh, uh, hundreds of dollars. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, it was funny because my my mom always is TJ Maxx. You can find incredible deals on really nice like Egyptian cotton, super nice sheets uh, at TJ Maxx. My mom is like the sheets queen she finds these great <laughs> great sheets of great prices and anyway and it was just kind of funny one time my brother-in-law he was, he was like I never cared what kind of sheets I had before joining this family <laughs> he's like no I can't I can't I have to have the you can't go back. <laughs> yeah so you, once you go you can't yeah. go back yep it makes so true but uh, I didn't love the color, but I did think it was super funny. If, if you build it, he will come. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. this is also great on this show too, that the, the writing is so masterful. The way these orchestrate these episodes, it's like people who are having issues in bed. And even Miranda's is like about her bed. Like, I just think they find a great way to tie everything together with a common theme in sometimes really kind of quirky, interesting ways that you wouldn't automatically think of. Yeah. Yeah. They do a good job of, uh, of making you laugh at at these these characters' expense. (laughs) Yeah. And they kind of flip it too. Like, so at the end of the episode, it's Charlotte's that is confident and, you know, um, Samantha's like, you know, she has her arms crossed and she's like, what was wrong with me? And they're like, they were gay. What was wrong with you is that you don't have a penis. And she's like, not getting it. And, you know, it's like hitting her self-esteem, which is so un-Samantha. So I just thought it was funny how there was a little bit of like a role reversal at the end. Yeah, that was, that was good. And I mean, speaking of, and just like that, I mean, they just could never get over the loss of not having Samantha there. Agreed. 
Agreed. They just needed her there. And obviously that wasn't going to happen. So it's unfortunate. I love in this scene with Carrie, like the first scene when they're talking about Charlotte, Samantha's dropping some serious wisdom and even like cutting Carrie down size a little bit when she tells Carrie, like for a sex colonist, like you're, you're pretty like close-minded when it comes to you know, you're yeah. thinking about sex and then also talking about sexuality in the new millennium is going to be less about labels, but more about sexual expression. It was like, yes, Samantha, you go girl, like very forward thinking for that time, especially, and even forward thinking for now, I hope we get to yeah. more of a place where that is the case, because I think that, um, it would be easier for everyone because then there's less oppression and people feeling bad about who they are. And it's, we can, not focus on that as much as I think that it was like when this show came out. Yeah, I actually felt the exact same way. So I actually watched all these episodes yesterday twice, like once in the afternoon and then once at night. And I was thinking, I was like, that was very forward thinking of Samantha. And she always was um, when it came to sex. And I, I don't know which episode it was, but she's like, I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. And like, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's just very, she is very forward thinking. And um is the last person on earth to judge anyone. And that's what I really like about her. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, so Carrie starts dating this guy named Patrick. They have kind of a meet cute, which I'm like, how could that cigarette have possibly like this tiny little, butt (laughs) have possibly bothered her. Uh, She acted like she was ready to go to a burn unit. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. It was a little overdramatic, but um and also like he, it was just like coincidentally good aim since he wasn't even looking in her direction. So it was just like, it was kind of funny. Isn't it kind of shocking going back how much Carrie smokes? Yeah. Yes. Also, I have a question. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you know, when he like apologizes and he's like, let me take you out to coffee. And she's like, okay, there's a place two blocks away. Was he like ditching someone in the restaurant? Cause he's like, you can't smoke in the restaurant. So he's outside smoking and then just leave with Carrie. <laughs> oh, he that. probably was. He's like, you know what? Hot blonde. I don't care that like, I'm only 11 months into AA yeah. and I'm leaving whoever I'm with behind. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was like, I would feel bad for whoever you just ditched, but I was like, it, that thought only ever occurred to me yesterday. I was like, wait a minute. Something is missing here. It's true. And he probably didn't even pay his bill either. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, he's a dining dasher. Oh my gosh. Uh, so Patrick, uh, they go on a couple of dates and she's doing the lean in and he's not reciprocating. She's like, what is going on? And it turns out he's super nervous because he's never had sex sober. And then once they do have sex, he just is <laughs> super excited about it and i i i really liked patrick i thought that he was a fun character i thought the actor did a good job i thought they actually had pretty good chemistry i thought it was a good little uh romance of the week for carrie yeah it was unfortunate because um you know because he did you know relapse when she didn't say i love you after like a week and a half but i thought it was interesting when um you know she said you you don't love me you love like who you are when you're having sex with me sober something along those lines which I think is true and he sort of like took this on as a new addiction and so I think that was you know something that she couldn't handle but I do wish you know I think that in a different 
circumstance, they would have made like a better couple. He was, they did have a lot in common and they did have a lot of chemistry. Yeah. And I do want to say that for, for once, because I'm not frequently um, impressed by the way Carrie handles her interactions with her suitors, but I actually thought that what she told Patrick right before he relapsed about like, no, we're just taking the night, but call me tomorrow, call me tomorrow. I actually thought that it was a very mature, kind way to approach the situation. She didn't want to feed into it anymore, but she didn't want to cut him off and leave him high and dry because she knows what he's going through and because she cares about him. So I actually thought she handled that in a really great way, but unfortunately he did relapse and he yelled some really nasty, like clearly he needs to stop drinking because he's, not only drinks too much as an alcoholic, but he, yeah, he's a mean drunk too. Yeah. So, well, and, I, and one of the things she also did to your point that she handled really well, she said, you should go to a meeting, you know, and I don't, yeah. he probably didn't, but he probably should have. And so, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show mom with Alice and Janie and, um, Anna Ferris, but I love that show. And they're always like, when they're always upset, they're like, let's go to a meeting. And it's like the support system for them. And so when she said that, I was like, I, I know he's not going to because I know how the episode ends, but yes, he should have. And that was yeah. good advice on her part. Yeah. And I do like that she asked us, so uh, I've always wondered if he was able to stay sober and was I really that good? <laughs> I'm going to guess no, only no, because he, having sex for the first time sober, he probably would have reacted that way to anybody. Um, I'm not saying that she's bad, but I don't think this reaction was specific to her. Is my well, guess. I felt like it was a little sarcastic when she said that. Like, was yeah. I really, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, my only flaw with this relationship was again more terrible fashion from Carrie. I hated those pink velour pants that she wore. Those are so ugly. <laughs> Yeah. And she's got all these terrible tanks, all these tops that are just so, I guess that was a thing. these horrible halter top, uh, tanks, uh, that must've been a like 1999 thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was like on the cutting edge of fashion when she was wearing it. And it's like, she looks good in it, but there's, she could look good in anything, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, she's like the only person that could pull that off. And there are like many outfits, I feel like throughout the series where she's the only person that could wear that. Uh, I did like her, she had like a tropical dress kind of, that was cute, I thought, uh, uh, with a big, that had like a big silver belt. And uh, of course she's sporting the carry necklace and that became like a huge thing. Yes, it did. Yeah. That was like her thing. You gotta have... A necklace with your name in 1999. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the last part of this episode was Charlotte uh, decides to go to this tant- tantric workshop. And <laughs> it's pretty intense. And it, it's it's funny to me that this was this is the one thing that is too much even for Samantha. <laughs> Yeah. She just can't deal with it. <laughs> but Samantha can be a bit of a prude sometimes in the just in the sense of people that are older or people that are uh I guess not traditionally han- uh, handsome. You know, like she with the the Polish couple. 
which oh yeah I in the previous episode I, like I figured she would be kind of up for that that'd be super fun but uh, or the old man that she the dates old, for a little bit or yes, like, the old rich guy and she yeah, runs away with his wrinkly ass and she gets scarred for life and runs away yeah <laughs> I would think that she would be a little more open to stuff like that I mean yeah especially because I mean look I, do I think that you know I'd be comfortable sitting in this tantric workshop with with the hands-on demonstration Probably not. However, like there is something beautiful about it in the sense that you are imparting this teaching and this thing is going to make yourself and your partner feel good on to people who want to learn. And she is clearly a, a vibrant sex life with her husband, which I'm not saying that you need to be in a monogamous relationship to be having sex with someone. But I think that it, it is, I mean, as far as tantric workshops, it's maybe like as close to wholesome as you're going to get. So, Well, also like, what are you, what do you think you're signing up for a little yeah. bit? You know, like, why did they go? I don't really understand. I mean, I guess just to support Charlotte, but I really don't understand why Carrie and Miranda went. <laughs> I think too, it was to just support her. And I think she guilted them into it a little bit at brunch, but yeah, yeah. it's like, what am I, what am I signing up for? I, <laughs> you're kind of going into something like that a little blind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it ends up being quite the affair. Uh, so, but Charlotte says the best 50 bucks she ever spent. So it, was it worked. <laughs> Also, let's do the quick math on that, that there were like maybe eight women there. I mean, I, I dip, and it was an hour and a half session. So I guess they're not doing too badly to like no. get to, you know, roll around in the hay there for like an hour and a half and make 400 bucks. That's yeah, something good. like that. I yeah. believe that exists in totally in New York City. There's totally those workshops. Rachel, next time you come. <laughs> I'm so far away from needing that. that really well, what about in Orange County? What should be, should be. Oh, no. I, no, I don't think there's anything like that in Orange County. Um, Definitely in New York, for sure. Uh, well, it was, it, it was awkward, but I did laugh, I have to say. Uh, what? What will you give this episode, Reva, one to 10? I have to be honest. This episode is one I routinely skip if I'm randomly rewatching. So I would say it'd be maybe like a five. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jax? I would give this one. I Also, I love that litmus test uh, of that. It's one that you skip when you're rewatching. That's a good. Okay. This isn't one of my faves either, but I would still give it like a seven. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Seven. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. 
please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. It's, let's move on to the next one. We have 20-something girls versus 30. And, and I've said a bunch of times on this show that I feel like they treat the our girls more like in their 20s versus their 30s. <sighs> So this is an interesting episode. I would say this is like young 20s versus older 20s. Um, because I think the, uh, the just in most realities, by their 30s, one of these four girls would have a partner, would, have, would be married, would be starting having families. And it's just so much harder at that spot to have this same kind of dynamic that they have in their thirties. So I don't know, this is an interesting episode, but they decide to go to the Hamptons and uh, they have different (laughs) experiences in the Hamptons with these uh, 20 somethings that, uh, that Charlotte meets because she starts with this guy, Greg. uh, and, uh, And then there's a big kind of ending with, with big, um, <laughs> but overall, what do you think of this episode, Riva? I really like this one. Um, I think there's a lot of parallels, like in the beginning where they're at that bonfire party with the keg and Carrie makes a remark like, oh, um, 20 something girls are so sweet. They'll hold your hair back when you're puking, which is something Miranda does for her at the end. So that kind of comes full circle, but I, the encounter with big and Natasha is obviously is so painful for her. It's also very awkward. At the same time, they do a great job with it. And I, I really, and I really do just like this episode too, especially when um, Samantha introduces Greg to Nina. She's like, I really think you two would hit it off. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I've forgotten about that, that she did that. And yeah. I was like, mm, justice. Yes, <laughs> justice for Charlotte. What did you think of this episode, Jax, overall? So I told a story on the podcast a few episodes ago about the guy that I stalked from MySpace, Anson Mount, and he's Greg in this episode. So he and I went on like one date and then he dated, he went on dates with a few of my friends, but uh, he, he's an actor. He he still lives in New York. I think he's done a bunch of stuff since Sex in the City, but um, it was fun to see him when he was like a lot before I met him. I thought this episode was really fun and especially interesting because I just read this article in the New York Times by this woman named Emma Goldberg and it's called the 37 year olds are afraid of the 23 year olds who work for them and I just thought that that was so iconic for what was happening with Nina and Samantha and you're like Samantha's not afraid of anyone why is she afraid of Nina but then we see that Nina in fact has a lot of power but she doesn't know how to use it responsibly or follow through correct yeah Yep. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like this episode would have been better as the season finale. I agree. I agree. mm, mm. Uh, Yes. mm. Well, we'll get to the this the next one's season finale, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay, so I agree. Except I really like the end end of the season finale, like the last few lines. I know we'll get to, so I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, there is something about just her seeing them at the party that maybe that would have been a good first episode for the next season. Uh, the finale, I mean, would have been good first episode of the third season. 
Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Cause just ending on this, this meetup with big and her finding out, you know, and meeting Natasha, I felt like just that would have been a really good kind of cliffhanger for the second season. But uh, it starts with them uh, going to deciding to go to the Hamptons. They, they they kind of don't want to go at first, but they all agree. And then Charlotte meets this guy, Greg on the Jitney. (laughs) And this did make me want to go to the beach. I've been, I've been trying to scheme and plan and go to the beach this summer, but I swear everyone is super, super busy. And uh, I don't know. I, I can go to the beach by myself, but it's just, you don't have anybody to watch your stuff when you're in the water. (laughs) I don't know. Honestly, that's the biggest thing because you and I have discussed before we'd like doing things alone, but the beach stinks for having, for being, because you don't want to take all your stuff to the bathroom or to go get food like every time. Yeah. So I don't know, but it looked like a fun, it did look like a fun place to me. You know, I don't is... think I've ever been to the Hamptons and now I'm like, oh man, I really want to go. Like every time <laughs> no, I, I didn't know the Hamptons was such a college town. I had no idea. I thought the Hamptons was like Ina Garten and super, you know. Yeah, I I thought so too. Like I didn't know that there were these like crazy, these kind of parties that we're seeing. So she meets this girl, Carrie meets this girl, Laurel at the one of the uh, parties and she says I worship you and I I think it does seem a little bit strange that somebody like Laurel would be so into Carrie's column yeah yes um I think when they're at that when they're at that book signing or whatever Carrie says what is it exactly you like about my column because Laurel's talking about you know, saving herself for marriage and Carrie's column is all about sex. So I thought, I thought that that was, you know, a strange, a strange thing to worship, but. The only thing that I kind of related to a little bit with Laurel is that I, um, with maintaining some level of privacy, I'll just say that I was not as active as like sexually as most of my friends but I was always the one that was like tell me everything so like I always wanted to not even live vicariously because it was a choice I was like consciously making sort of um (laughs) yeah but um I wanted to know all the nitty-gritty details the only thing is is I do agree with you though, that it doesn't seem like Laurel wants that. It seems like it's just this weird hero worship of Carrie. And as much as I'm a fangirl and I am an obsessive personality and I get really into things, I found Laurel so annoying. I didn't find her endearing at all. Yes. And I agree with that. And especially she like shows up to their house unannounced that they're, they're renting. Miranda's like, Carrie, your groupie can't stay. Like I, she's asking too many questions. I sent her upstairs and it's like, that, that's a little bit over the line, I think for sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I could picture being interested, but not like a fan girl, you know, I don't know. That's the thing I, as, as a, you know, 41 year old virgin, I, I can relate to, you know, Laurel in some degree, but 
I, I, I don't know. I, I would find it hard to believe someone like that would be like a super fan of Carrie's column, but Rachel, you are, uh, let me just assure you, you're nothing like the world. <laughs> yes. You're not you. annoying, delightful. Good job <laughs> yeah. to the actor though. The actor was great. Like she nailed the role. I know that's yeah, what it's yeah. supposed to be, but woof. <laughs> she did she did nail the role because I, I honestly I don't even know the actress's name but I'm like I, I if I ever see her face I'm like oh that's Carrie's you know goofy <laughs> Rachel yeah. Miner is her name okay see if she's uh, all right what's her name Rachel Miner is her name she had a good run on Supernatural so okay. good for her uh she was on Sons of Anarchy <laughs> Um, hey she's kept up she's working way to go good for her yeah yeah that's right (laughs) um I loved Dr. Bradley I thought he was so great and and charming and handsome (laughs) yeah and I felt so bad for him I felt so bad for him right yeah because she was clearly not interested. And one of the things I, I think I actually pointed it out in the blog when I wrote about this episode is when they're walking on the beach and he asked her to dinner and she's like, oh, I can't ditch my friends. And I'm like, you ditched your friends for big constantly, constantly. So it has to be the right person, obviously. But I was like, and then she ends up spending the night with him just to get away from Charlotte. So I was just like, I felt so bad for the guy. <laughs> like he deserved he, better. But he was so respectful of her and- I don't know. He was just, I thought he was really funny and charming. And I was just like, you should forget big and start hanging out with this guy. Yeah. Well, I think Reva, I think that's a really good point about like, she's ditched her friends before. And it's like, yeah, this is just like a casual supper on one of the many nights they're going to be in the Hamptons. And she thought instead of ditching her friends, it was better to then tell Dr. Bradley Nego about Charlotte's crabs. Yeah. I would never tell uh, a, I would never tell someone that I was newly dating or really anyone about a friend's yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't even tell like another close friend or my partner. Like I, I don't I, I will say the only thing I didn't like about Dr. Bradley Nego was the fact that Carrie kept saying Dr. Bradley Nego and it annoyed the heck out of me for some reason. The only yeah. thing I thought maybe she was telling him because he is a doctor and wanting to get some treatment of some kind for her, for Charlotte. But as that was the only part of it that, you know, made, I guess, some sense to me. But yeah, the whole, I can't abandon my friends is stupid. Yeah. I mean, they would not care at all. They would totally be up for it, you know, supporting. So yeah, it, that didn't really make much sense. Especially because Charlotte spends all her time with Greg. She's like off the reservation with her 26 year old. So Charlotte wouldn't have even noticed. Right. Right. And I did think it was funny when Samantha's like, is that the guy from the book party? I've got to start reading. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. funny. That was good. Um, yeah, and so we also have the uh, the Hampton hoedown, which made me laugh. That reminded me of the uh, the dance for dyslexia, you know, and all of those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Samantha, at the beginning, she has this assistant named Nina, who is a nightmare, terrible. 
and <laughs> assistant. And turns out she took her basically whole Rolodex of clients and invited everybody to this hoedown. And she's doing a terrible job of managing the hoedown. Yes. And Samantha rescues her um, with the fireworks, which I, I was a little confused about the fireworks. I, I guess the, I knew they were supposed to be later, but I just didn't understand the, the panic, although I'm not in PR and I know that things have to be timed perfectly, um, I'm assuming. But yeah, Samantha, you know, Samantha comes to her rescue graciously. So I thought that that was nice. It felt like at the party, the fireworks were the least of her worry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, you agree, Jax? Yeah, like, girl, I mean, we're lucky the fireworks are happening. You were like running out of food. People are climbing all over each other. Like, I, I it seemed out of control and a little gauche. Yeah. yeah. And what the heck is beef jerky carpaccio? That makes no sense. <laughs> carpaccio is raw. It's, it's And it's thin and it's, a, it's like, it's beef jerky is just beef jerky carpaccio is beef jerky it was just like a giant piece of beef jerky (laughs) it was like tied together yeah weird (laughs) so uh she does say this is the biggest threat 20 something girls posed was to themselves so i don't know i mean obviously i can't relate to this whole this whole version of, of 20 somethings, because I didn't, uh, I didn't party at all. I went to the most, uh, the, the, the school that I went to, the college I went to has been voted the most <laughs> stone cold, sober college, uh, in the country every year for like oh, wow. forever. Um, it's so. <laughs> not a title we're giving up. We're holding on to this. Yeah. They're, oh, they're proud of it. <laughs> and we did have a lot of fun, but we didn't need to drink a lot and have this kind of party. So I don't know. It was just, this is just not something that would define my twenties. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I think something that I didn't find relatable is that I'm in my thirties and I didn't feel I don't feel contentiousness to women in their twenties. I feel like I want to protect them and mentor them and love them. And yeah, I, and when I was in my twenties, um, I was friends with a lot of women in their thirties and I didn't feel like they had that kind of contentiousness for me or like there was any conflict. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, so I don't really relate to this a ton. Like, what about you, Reba? Do you? Yeah, do you I don't really. I don't really relate to it. I do agree that like, um, when I was in my, when I was in my mid to late twenties, I lived in Chicago and like we would party all the time. And so I think that sometimes you could be threats to each other, you know, in certain friend groups, especially if there are guys involved, but in terms of like, I had a job where one of the women that was in sales, she was like a great friend and mentor to me. And she was in like her late thirties and what I feel was not threatened, um, by me at all. And so I feel like I was my own worst enemy in some cases with the decisions I made and, um, you know, kind of making friendships for the wrong reasons and things like that. So I can't relate to it in that and feeling threatened, um, you know, on either side, right. I'm 40. So when I was, so like, I, you know, I don't feel threatened by people that are 25. And when I was 25, I didn't feel threatened by people that were 40. So um, I feel like I've been lucky in having, 
you know, good um, mentors and stuff like that career wise. Well, and it might've helped me a little bit. The fact that, so I have way younger siblings. I have a, a sister that's 18 years younger than me, one that brother that's 16 and a years younger than me and a sister that's 10 years younger than me. And so I've always sort of interacted with and been friends with people of all different ages, <laughs> not just my own school year, I guess. Um, so I think that maybe helped a little bit with me with that, but I don't know. I just feel like you don't have that many friends in the world. So you can't really be that judgy of people. <laughs> Yeah. their ages or whatever yeah. um i did think that this tube top that carrie wore was so ugly i hated it the also, brown her skirt looked like a like a like a really thick tablecloth like folded yeah. in a weird way it was like so. if, her, if it hadn't like if her skirt could have worked if it had been not like folded up on that one side i don't know it was weird but um and the hat was of course yeah in with the theme, but I, you know, not something that she should wear again. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's actually what made the ending so much more painful and cringe and embarrassing is that yes, she looks hot. Like we've all said, she can look beautiful in anything, but she also looks silly. Yeah. And you're all having a party together. You're fine. You're all wearing the hats. It's one thing, but then we have big and Natasha who are like in their Hamptons white linen and the juxtaposition of it was just I felt embarrassed. Yeah. 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 So I felt embarrassed for that and another reason, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah. So she sees Big at the party at the hoedown and he's there with Natasha, who we talked about in and just like that. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of felt like, why is she so surprised that he's dating people when she's dating <laughs> lots of people i mean she's had she's got she had the uh uh justin throw guy <laughs> she that she dated for enough to be like her boyfriend um she she's had a number of like actual relationships since she broke up with big so i have a theory if if i could possibly share yeah, it please. Which I, it actually occurred to me maybe like last night but so I think that the reason she was surprised is because there were only two scenarios with Big that she could ever handle. One is that he goes to Paris and never comes back. So she doesn't have to think about him. Two is that he goes to Paris and realizes he can't live without her and comes back together. And so this third scenario that she wasn't thinking about and couldn't possibly handle is happening right in front of her face. So I think that it was just not something that she would ever have been prepared for. That's my yeah. theory. That's a really good point, because I think you're right. As much as we know she wanted to be with him, him being in Paris and not being able to be here was, like you said, at least a manageable thing in her head. Oh, oh, that's, I like that. Yeah, that's probably true. I think you nailed it. <laughs> but, but yeah, and it is, it is when she finds out that he's engaged, that they're engaged, that is rough because he was so hesitant to commit with her that's tough. Yeah. That was, that was heartbreaking for her for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it did remind me of when Harry met Sally, when she says he didn't not, it, he didn't not want to marry. He didn't want to marry me. And, and <laughs> it's that, that monologue by, 
Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Meg Ryan. I'm so yeah. sorry. That's the last miss that I was afraid of her name. When she, <laughs> you do yeah. want to marry me. I'm like, that is just iconic. She's. Oh like, yeah. And yeah. I, well, she's like, I'm going to be 40 and he's like in eight years, <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> This episode did feel very Nora Ephron-y to me, actually, with the, the way it was sort of commenting on, on things. And, uh, and the, she would, she was so brilliant in the way that she would work in these little monologues into her scripts. Uh, and you could tell that she started out as, as a journalist, as an essay writer, uh, because she would like things like the whole um, monologue about Starbucks and it creating into finding a sense of self. Uh, yes. and you've got mail, you know, that's the kind yeah. of thing she was so brilliant at. But anyway, I, I did also just a little thing. I kind of wondered, is this the first real appearance of the cosmopolitan in this episode? I mean, I just, oh. they've drunk, but I, I feel like this is the first episode that it's been specifically mentioned cosmopolitan. And that was such a thing in the show. Yeah. And that they're really sort of like hammering at home here that that's like her drink. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember them making as big of it. Yeah. She was drinking them, but it wasn't like this iconic signature thing that they were like telegraphing in the episode. Yeah. yeah. So. All I can figure it out is when um, she calls big when she's like wasted and it's like 5 a.m. in Paris and she's drinking something. And I don't know if it's a Cosmo, but it's in like that glass. And she's like, I am a woman and like spills it on herself. That's all I could think about. Oh my gosh, that scene. And then biggest, so he's like, okay, woman. I'm like, oh, you're, yeah. you're all gross. You're toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, we have four more seasons of it. So yeah, so that's right. Buckle the, up. Yeah. The episode ends with Miranda helping Carrie throw up, which according to Carrie, that's like the ultimate sign of friendship. So that was actually kind of sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what would you give this one, Jax, one to 10? I really like this one. And I, Reva, I love the way you said the thing about when you're watching and you skip, that's actually good. That's a great test for, you know, the episodes you like. And when this one comes on, when I'm rewatching, I'm like, Ooh, I like this one. So I, I would give this one an 8.5. I really like this. I think there's a lot happening. It's a lot of fun. And, um, I love when the gals get to go somewhere different together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's a, uh, I think I'd give it an eight. I think I'd give it an eight. What about you, Reva? What would you give it? Yeah, I think I would give it about an eight. Eight sounds okay. good. Good. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right. So then we have the finale of season two. It's called X and the City. And the main point of this episode is 
uh, is the question and talk about Nora Ephroni. This one was also very Nora Ephroni is the question, can men and women just be friends, particularly with your ex? And uh, Carrie decides, oh, I'm going to try to be friends with Big. She calls and schedules a, a lunch and it doesn't go all that well. Uh, but uh, but I thought, again, very Nora Ephroni, the whole, the whole theme of the way we were uh, throughout and uh, uh, the, um, the whole Hubble and Robert Redford and everything in the 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 two types of women being simple and complicated i thought that was all really well done and uh, he, you know when she says your girl is lovely hubble it was great i thought it was it was very well done uh i don't know what do you think overall of this one reva um so i first of all poor steve the very beginning of the episode when miranda's running away from him and then he shows up at her apartment to call her out on it like i love that part but yeah, overall, I like I like the episode. I do think it was well done. I do think it is, um, you know, very hard. Like the last scene is like kind of hard to watch. Um, and also, even as someone that thinks Carrie is the worst, like I do feel bad for her. I really do because it's heartbreaking when you find out someone that you were with for a long time is marrying someone else. Like I get that. So um, it's definitely, and I've I've never seen the way we were, so I can't comment necessarily on that Hubble stuff. But I will say the only thing that bothers me is. If they're implying that Natasha is any way plain or simple, I don't think that that's true. But um, I don't know. She's just, you know, she's trying to make herself feel better. But I was just like, she works around Lauren. She's beautiful. Like, yeah. Um, so that's, I, I don't know necessarily think you can do like, there are only two types of women, but I do understand what they were doing with this episode. Well, just even if you haven't seen the movie, I, I think again, going back to the Nora Ephron, where like in Harry Met Sally, they're all talking about Casablanca, and mm-hmm. and in uh, in Sleepless in Seattle, when they talk about an affair to remember, or the guys are talking about the Great Escape, and and, uh, and getting all emotional and everything. <laughs> uh, in in uh, uh, you've got Mail with the Godfather. Anyway, she that she did such a good job of kind of working in these themes from these classic movies into uh, her plots and into the dialogue. And I, I feel like you're getting some of that here. I mean, we think about it, this movie, came, I mean, this show came out the same year as you got mail. So it was really like prime Nora Ephron season, you know, or now yeah. I think. Um, and so you, I, I think that you can see some of that kind of influence. And I, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I think it's a good point about implying that the implication that Natasha is simple or plain because one, like you said, Reva, she works for Ralph Lauren and, you know, the interaction that we, we've had with her, there's nothing to suggest, even though it was brief, there's nothing to suggest that she doesn't have substance. And yeah. it's True. really upsetting that as women, we feel like we need to tear other women down. Um and look, I'm not saying I always have the most healthy outlook on things, but I found that in my past relationships, it, if, it's, if, it feel, if you feel like you need to tear someone down, go with the person that you used to date. Like talk about how crappy they are because you know, you do. I mean, we yeah. all have things that are negative and positive, but I, I've never really gotten much joy or even really delved into talking badly about the new people that people I've dated or with because I just don't know them and it it seems petty 
Well, Natasha yeah. says, oh, I've heard so much about you. Really? I find <laughs> that hard to believe that Big is like chatting it up about Carrie all the time. <laughs> and like, and I will say too, like when I was um, in my, you know, mid to late twenties and in Chicago, and there's this one guy and we never like actually officially dated, but like, he just flat out did not want to be with me. And I, instead of like accepting it, I was like, I would like latch onto this specific episode and be like, well, I'm too complicated. <laughs> it has to be him. Like I'm too complicated. And like, um, I'm like, it's like, whatever helps you sleep at night, I guess. But I didn't, you know, he didn't really date other people either. So there wasn't, but I wouldn't have been like, oh, what's, what did she have that I don't? It was just more like, I, I guess I just put it all myself and on him, but not like any, you know, another party, but it is to your point, like, doesn't make sense to tear other people down that you don't even know. And so I, I just, I don't know if like you guys went there, but like, just when they were talking about it, I just thought there was some implication that Natasha was like plain. And I, I just didn't like that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I don't think that I could be friends with an ex. I, I mean, we talked about it last week that like at this point, if I were to have a relationship and then it not work out, it would be so painful because I've never really had one. And so I think for, especially for me, they, I just don't see how I could maybe way down the road, but certainly not a year this has been a what a year not a year later no way uh i i don't think i could i don't think i could and i'm also not somebody who just has a lot of guy friends i just for i don't know why i just never have my friends have always mostly been girls uh for some reason so even just kind of having this guy friend let alone them being my ex would probably not be that likely but uh i don't know what do you think Jax? do you think you can do it well especially what you're saying too like in, in that instance, you might also have feelings for them still, or they have feelings for you. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely depends. I remember being very confident that my long-term boyfriend, we were together for like six or seven years. And I was like, oh, we can be friends. We can be friends. And we try to stay really tight friends for like a year, but like then we really couldn't move on. And now I'm very comfortable with where we're at, where it's like, we text each other on birthdays. We've seen each other at other people's weddings. If something happens, like if someone in my family is sick or someone in his family is sick, like there's like a, a text, but it is a very controlled friendship. And I don't think that I could be super tight with an, with an ex or someone that I had that kind of history with friendly sure yes but yeah especially the way Carrie is with big that friendship will not work out it's not like someone you dated casually um once upon a time ago it's it's a very intense connection what do do you think Riva yeah I I I have some really good guy friends but we've never dated and there's never been any interest on either side to date and so those are the the best friendships that I have with, with men, but no, next, absolutely not. Like, it's just too, it's too complicated. Um, I will say though, that there was one guy, we, you know, we just went on a few dates and we ended up, we were able to be friends and kind of get past the awkwardness, but he was like a rare exception. And I think because it wasn't serious at all that we were able to do that. So it depends on the situation, I guess, but overall, I would say, no, it's, it's, there's too much emotional baggage. And especially with Big and Carrie, like 
they try to have friendship like 85 times in the series and it never works. Yeah. And even I, well, I want to ask the two of you, cause I was thinking about this and, and there are certain friendships that maybe can work, but if I was Natasha, I wouldn't feel comfortable with the kind of lunch that Carrie and Big have in this episode. And it's not that I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable with like people socializing with the opposite sex or it's, it's nothing like that. It's just like, this feels very intimate and flirty to me at least, but maybe that's just me being jealous. <laughs> well, one of the things that's interesting is when she, you know, finds out they're engaged and like flips out on him. And she's like, you, we were, you strung me along for two years and now you're marrying someone you've known for five months. And even in the Hamptons hoedown, she's like, how old is, how old is she? And he's like, I don't know. So you don't even know how old she is, but you're engaged to her. So does she even know the history he has with Carrie? Maybe he fabricated it down a little and said it wasn't as serious. And so she has nothing to worry about. Like for all we know, Natasha thinks they dated like a couple times, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it becomes evident later in the series that that's not the case in terms of what she knows. But in this particular episode, I mean, evidently know. Big's talking about her, Carrie, all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's all he talks about in Paris. The person he didn't invite to live with him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like it's kind of unrealistic to expect. But maybe from Big's perspective, he's had so many partners at this point. And he seems to still be friends with them. Like remember we had the episode with his his wife, who's the his ex-wife, who was the publishing person. Little Kathy with the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I loved her. Again, how does Big reel in these quality women? I know. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it seems more realistic to him, but uh, it just, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. And then to invite her to the engagement party. Oh yeah. That was just tacky. Very tacky. Yeah. It's kind of like in, um, 500 days of summer. Cause people are now all of a sudden like saying that, like that summer's the good guy and I can't forget his name, but oh, yeah. what's George, just, yeah, Gordon I Martin. don't know what his name is. Anyway, yeah. um, the, that guy, Tom, I think his name was Tom. Anyway, the Tom is the, is the bad guy in the relationship. And not that they're necessarily, they both were weak, but I say, no, I mean, be when summer invites him to her engagement party. I mean, come on. Uh, she has to know that that's not going to be a good situation for him. And it's just thoughtless and cruel in my opinion and i mean it does set up for that great uh, reality versus uh, expectations versus reality sequence which i love but uh but i don't know i just think at the very least summer is is clueless at the worst she's mean so <laughs> that's my opinion but yeah you don't invite your ex to your engagement party when they're especially when it's still kind of raw Okay. Yeah, also yeah. a big takeaway I've had from this is that I need to watch five days of summer and I need to watch the way we work. Cause I haven't watched either <laughs> oh, no. Same on me. So add it to Re- the list. Have you seen 500 days of summer? I have not. Oh, no. And I haven't seen the way we were either. We've got to get on the ball here. We can have like a zoom watch party. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we, <laughs> Rachel we- can shepherd us through it. Yes. <laughs> Well, we should definitely do a 500 days of summer podcast. Uh, and, uh, and I know the listeners 
understand what I'm saying about summer and Tom. Sorry, we couldn't support you in that. Like we weren't, we weren't silent because we didn't agree. We're just like, I'm not saying that movie. <laughs> that was a really solid analogy. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, but we also, of course, have uh, Miranda. Uh, she re- runs into Steve, runs away, doesn't pay the, the poor flower person, um, and and you guess that Steve paid, right? Paid the guy. Oh yeah, when he he just stopped and he looked bewildered. I feel like Steve would give the guy five bucks yeah, or whatever. I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> and then Steve shows up and he says, "It hurt my feelings." This is me, Steve. Oh, it was so cute. I was like, I love you. Well, and then obviously they tried to be friends for what a dinner and it, they couldn't, and they immediately get back together. Yeah. Which I'm all, I'm like, I love that relationship. Um, I love Steve. I have so many thoughts, but yeah, he claims, Oh, I'm just getting my fire department shirt back. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I don't know. He was just super sexy. I thought in those scenes, do friends kiss here, you know? all that oh yeah you're right steve did bring his a game like he i will say also miranda was so wonderfully vulnerable when she tells him when she gets in and she starts crying and there's a shot where cynthia nixon is facing away from steve and then she turns and she faces him and like and tells him everything i don't know i mean guys i know i know because we've talked about it i know i sound like a broken record it's just so upsetting not even where their relationship has ended up, but the refusal that the refusal to acknowledge what they once had instead of Miranda saying like, I've grown and changed and things are in a different direction and it's stale, but she sort of goes back and says like, no, we, we, I never had it with Steve. It's like, well, that's just not true. And we watched it. We got to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I, yeah. Everything that she said. Um, I, I, I'm assuming you're referring to what she said about him and, um, and just like that. I was like, yeah. none of that's true. I have like, I have proof. Like, right. Exactly. You have proof. <laughs> well, and the idea that, that Steve would be so unaware of the problems in the marriage, unaware that, I mean, he's not the kind of person who would go 10 years without having sex with yeah. his, with his wife uh, is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they just painted him as an idiot, which made me mad. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So then the last plot in this one is you have Samantha who has a meet cute outside of Prada oh, God. <laughs> um, with a guy and it turns out he's really big. <laughs> yes. And so that's a challenge, uh, but turns out Samantha made her very first male friend. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Yes. Yes. I just delighted at this. I actually just thought it was the fact that she's like, oh yeah, it's going to be fun. I've been with big guys before. And then it's like, oh no. And this guy normally, which, which I know can be very sensitive thing for men, but normally you think a guy is bragging, always just saying it's big, but he's really being honest because this legitimately is a problem for him and that's I actually thought he was kind of sweet and vulnerable too I just I I enjoyed this whole interaction and plot line yeah Yeah. I really liked I really liked how they met on the street and I don't know if you guys watched Melrose Place ever but he was Bobby Parisi in Melrose Place yeah oh he's hot I like 
he was also on Young and the Restless for a long time. Uh, he 213 that, he episodes. 213? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. he does have like that soap opera look, I, I, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was funny. Oh, yeah, on uh, Mallory's Place. Look at that. And then he was also on uh, Days of Our Lives. He played Elvis Presley. How random. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sure that was completely realistic portrayal. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is interesting that Samantha is not as free-spirited as she is you'd think by her archetype she's not really like a hippie she she's actually kind of choosy for somebody who's supposedly so liberated yeah well i think um you know i think she does have you know she does have standards and like i remember in season one when she thought she was going through menopause so she like had sex with her creepy neighbor and then like blood on her sheets and she's like oh awesome i'm not going through menopause bye so like i think it is also dependent on her on her mood and her frame of mind but i i do think she does have like a certain look that she prefers in a man i will say well yeah it kind of made me think is was given the this episode would we consider samantha simple or complicated <laughs> I think you got to say complicated, but I think I'd say that for all of these women. So you're right. It's really not a, a fair delineation. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Big says that that Natasha was easy. Yeah. And that's that everything was always so hard with them. And yeah. uh, that's when she says your girls is lovely Hubble. I love, I love how he says, I don't get it. And she's like, and you never did. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay. I look at, it's different every time I watch it. I think depending on what frame of mind I am, I'm in. Sometimes I'm like, wow, Carrie dropped the mic and you never did. And then sometimes I'm just picturing Big being like, what does that even mean? Like, I know. weirdo, this is why it never worked. I <laughs> don't ever know what you're talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and they were just never on the same page in terms of a relationship. Like she was so much more into it than he was. And that's why it was so hard for him, you know? And so they needed to be on an even level and they just never were. Yeah. Well, oh, there, we forgot to talk about, there's this whole thing with Charlotte with, I guess her horse. Oh yes. Passed yes. away. And then, so she needs to become a, a, she needs to get used to a different horse. And so Carrie goes with her for this uh, and her outfit was so awful. I hate it. Why and that terrible cool? rolled up uh, jeans that they did in the '90s with the low waist and the and then y- you have like a good a good six inches of of a uh, rolled up uh, jeans. It just looked terrible. I hate it. And then this terrible top, red top. Again, another one of these halters. Gosh, I hate and then the gold shoes which I mean Carrie you're not an idiot why would you wear these shoes to go horseback riding what and then complain that she has horse crap on her shoes it's like well yeah. whose fault is that wear sneakers I'm sure you own a pair yeah <laughs> give me a break <laughs> what Carrie Bradshaw's sneakers look like anyway I want to know I well, think they're cute 
Yeah. I mean, we did hear, and, and just like that, when she says that she bought a pair of Toms. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who did it? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And then care, I mean, Charlotte in that scene, she also looks pretty frumpy, but at least she has appropriate shoes. Nineties uh, jeans were unfortunate. You either had those really low, low, low <laughs> hip huggers jeans, or you had the really high, high, high ones. Uh, <laughs> both of them terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Um, also, she picks this pink dress to wear for the big date with big and it was okay but i don't think it was a like va va boom like that you would want uh for this kind of a thing right when you want it look like your absolute best for this big meetup uh well it was your- lunch i think it's harder to do if it's lunch like in the middle of the day mm-hmm. um i actually thought she looked amazing despite what uh, like i think the dress was kind of plain but she looked she like killed it anyway i was oh, like yeah. oh that's not fair yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting like <coughs> Carrie I think sometimes what she thinks she looks baller in you're like oh sometimes when you're a little bit more simple it actually looks amazing on you yeah yep that's true so yeah what would you give this episode one to ten what do you think Jax oh um keep us on 8.5 I like this one slightly less although again it's one of those that is so iconic especially with this ending like i'll never forget this ending um i would say i give this one an eight okay what about you Riva? what would you give it i would give it probably a seven yeah i'll go in between you two and i'll give it a 7.5 and it's a pretty it's a pretty good episode the steve miranda stuff is so good and i think the writing with the Hubble stuff was was very well done uh so it's a pretty good I still think the last episode would have been a better season finale but it's a decent season finale so yeah so there we go we did it (laughs) are you you wearing what I think you're wearing oh that's right I am wearing (laughs) I'm wearing our city girls pod merch oh nice and you can get it in uh all different uh colors and uh and styles and you can get it on totes and phone cases and anything that you want so please take a look there's a sale going on this weekend 35 percent off the we'll have all the information in the uh in the description so check that out and all of our our merch store is really fun but we have the city girls uh awesome a logo designed by Jessica Miller uh, in the merch store. So check that out. And uh, Reva, thank you so much. This was so much fun. This will we'll definitely have you on again. We had a blast. Oh my gosh, thank you. I had a blast too. I would love to be on again. It was yeah. so much fun. So why don't you tell people how they can find your, uh, uh, how they can find your blog and also, I don't know if you have any other social media you want to share. Yeah, so um, it's just carriebradshawsthewors.com. I also finally made a Facebook page, which is how you found me, I believe. Yeah. So that was worth it right there. And then I'm at Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S 526 on Twitter. And I most, I have actually been off Twitter a lot lately because I've been busy, but when I am on Twitter, I usually talk about 
sports and the Golden Girls. And I post any updates on the blog and just try to keep just try to keep politics out of everything. So don't have to worry about that. But yeah, it's just uh, would love to uh, chat with anyone who wants to talk about Carrie or the Golden Girls. Oh, yeah, my, I mean, my that's... political party is Golden Girls. So that's yes. my, so 100 percent. Perfect. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I, oh, I was going to ask you, too. Do you have a we, so we I say I'm a Charlotte. Jax is Carrie. Do you have a, a one that you think you're the most like of the girls? Um, gosh, it's hard. I feel like just from a, from a bad relationships perspective, when I was younger, I would say Carrie, but now I would feel more like Samantha. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah that's very good. All right, Jax, how can people find you? At uh, Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And make sure you're following us at City Girls Pod. I share anytime I find something fun on, on Sex in the City, I try to share it on there. And uh, so we'd love you to follow us on our Twitter. And you can follow us also at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your five-star reviews. It really helps us a lot. And only takes a second of your time, and we would so much appreciate it. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also, as I said, we have our merch store, which has a fun uh, City Girls Pod merch, and we have the patron group, uh, which is really fun. We are having this Saturday. Kathy Cloves is our patron. Uh, uh, Kathy Cloves is doing our Q&A for this month. She was the writer of It Was Always You and The Christmas Promise. And she doesn't have any social media. So this is your chance to talk to her and ask questions. And any level of patron can uh, be a part of it. So definitely take advantage of that. It's going to be super fun. And all the information's in the description. So thank you again, Reva. It was a blast. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye, thank everyone. You so